Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. And it is my great honor and pleasure to introduce Pastor Amy. I know you guys have all missed her all summer because we've had other speakers, but here she is to preach for us. Oh, I'm so excited to be here today. Glad you guys are excited to be here today. It's going to be a good Sunday. This means you're not camping, or if you were camping, you came back into town. That's great. It's getting cold out, though, so pumpkin spice lattes, anyone? Did you get yours yet? Not yet. Not yet? Yes? Some yeses? Oh, let's pray together. God, I thank you for today. It's a beautiful day. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you that we can gather with community that you brought us to this place and that you have something to say to us this morning. I pray that you would just make our hearts ready to receive. And um, thank you for your love for us, God. Amen. Amen. Okay, you guys are going to have to talk back to me. The last time I preached, I said something wrong like five times and nobody corrected me. So today, if I do that, you're going to have to, like, not let me do it five times in a row, okay? That's awkward, especially because it's online and it's recorded forever. I mean, don't don't do it if if it's, like, you don't like what I'm saying, like, just a smidge. But if it's, like, super awful and awkward, at least my husband is going to tell me I did it wrong, okay? At least him. Right now. If I do it now, I've I've told all my leaders, if my fly's down... You come up to the front, and you tell me, and if I say uh, more of me and less of Jesus five times, you stop me, and you correct me, okay? So if I do that today, we're all on the same page? Okay, we're friends. We've bonded, so I can start. Okay, we're good. Okay, last week, Tyson's message was amazing. If you weren't here... You guys got to go back and listen to it. It was really good. I'm so proud of him. Back to school. We've been praying for you guys, kids, students. What a hard week, I'm sure, right? It's like mentally exhausting. Summer break is amazing, and then back to school kind of hits. Make sure you have your Sunday nap today, okay? That's a good routine for church people, especially married people. (laughs) Come on now. I thought we were friends. I love back to school. If it wasn't for teachers, especially a certain teacher in junior high that helped me push past my shy voice, I probably wouldn't be here today. He would make me do reports in front of school, in front of the class, and I would cry because I was so shy. But he was a part of training me for what the Holy Spirit was going to ask of me later on in my life. I didn't know it then. But teachers are amazing. So teachers, if you're here today, we love you. We're praying for you. And um, you're going to have a great year. So we're going to jump right into the message today. It's one of my favorite things to share about because it's just something I didn't know about as a kid growing up in church until I was older. It was something that my church didn't really teach about. Or maybe if they did, I just wasn't paying attention It was something that just kind of seemed mystical and weird to me. So at Generations Church, I don't want you to think of it that way. The title today of my message is, Why Can't I Hear God? 
And if you've ever wondered that same thing, why can't I hear God, you're not alone? And we're going to address that today. Because we believe that God is speaking, and he wants to speak to every single one of you in this room today. And so if you're here today, or if you're listening online, I do believe that God brought you here today for a reason, and he has something for you. He wants to speak to you through this message. He wants to speak to you in your day. He wants to speak to you through your week, and he wants to speak to you every moment throughout your life. So in order to hear from God, one of the first things you need to know is that you need to expect that God will speak to you. You need to know that he will and believe that he will because too many people actually go about their life not believing and not knowing that God will speak to them. They don't believe that God will speak to them and so they don't expect God to speak to them. So my first point today is we need to expect and believe that God wants to speak to you. We need to expect that. We need to believe that God wants to speak to us. He does. He wants to. And so that's the very first thing today that we need to get out of the way before we can kind of figure out why we can't hear from God. Some of us just don't even believe he will. We have to believe that he wants to. Lots of people that we talk to have said, I, I can't hear God. They struggle with not knowing if, if God wants to talk to them. So this morning when we talk about moving forward in our relationship with God and, and not being able to hear from him, we have to agree on this one point. He wants to speak to you. He really does. And if, if you've never believed that, can I, can I just believe it for you? He really wants to speak to you. And all through history, God has been speaking to mankind. Adam, right from the beginning, in the, in the time of Genesis, God was speaking. Genesis records God speaking to Adam and Eve in the garden. God speaks to Adam. Abraham, even when it seems like God was silent, God was speaking. Even when you feel like like nothing's happening and God's not talking. He wants to speak to you. Even when you don't get the answers that you want, even in the waiting. You know, have you ever had times of waiting in your life? Why isn't this happening? You promised me this, God. I don't see it. You know, have you ever had to wait for a new job or a baby? In the waiting, fertility, in the waiting, God wants to speak to you. That's, that's often some of the times that God draws the nearest to us. Those are the times. Maybe we don't get the thing he's promised us. It takes a long time, but it's in the waiting that he speaks to us. He draws close to us. Those are the moments he wants to speak to us. Even when we take things into our own hands, we make the wrong decisions, he doesn't, he doesn't want to stay far. He wants to come close. He wants to speak to us. You can read about Abraham. God keeps his promises, and he still wants to speak to us. Moses, I don't know, and I couldn't count, but I don't know if I believe it. I couldn't verify. Some, some people say God's, 
It says the Lord spoke to Moses like thousands of times in the Bible. It says, I don't know how many for real, but the Lord spoke to Moses. Moses, God spoke to Moses. He's speaking to mankind. It didn't matter that, that Moses wasn't super educated and super trained. You don't have to have it all together before God wants to speak to you. You know, some people are like, oh, God wouldn't speak to me. I've just never been to Bible school. Who cares? That's not why God speaks to you. God spoke to Moses. And, and Moses is like, who am I, God? I, I can't, can't do the things you're telling me to do. No, God wants to speak to you. You. He wants to speak to you. It didn't matter that Moses didn't want to do the things God was asking him to do. He spoke to Moses. Moses didn't feel good enough. Maybe you've felt that way before. I know I have. He didn't feel qualified, for sure. I've felt that way. God wanted to talk to Moses, and he wants to talk to you, too. Elijah, God spoke to in 1 Kings. It's a great place to read. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 to 12. Maybe let's read that part together. 1 Kings, you can turn in your Bible. It's in the Old Testament, chapter 19, verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. We're waiting for the earthquake. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And, the f and after the fire came a gentle whisper. You know, I think sometimes, sometimes we think that God is going to be in those loud places. We think he's going to be in the earthquake. We think he's going to be in the fire. We think he's going to be in those big, loud places. But where was he? He was in the whisper. Verse 13, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He pulled his cloak over his face. When I read that, it reminded me of Susanna Wesley. I don't know if you have heard her, her story, but if you ever heard of her, she was a busy mom of 11 kids. You thought you had a lot of kids. You're having two. Her, what's the statistic? Two point something. She had 11. I had four kids under five. If you're in the middle of little kids right now, you know how that goes. You probably can't go to the bathroom by yourself ever. Your coffee's always cold. Is it all dads in the room right now? Oh, okay, there are some moms. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Okay, you can't, you know, you can't go to the bathroom. Your coffee is never hot. You can hardly get dinner on the table, hardly clean the house. You had to drive the kids to all the sports and drop them off at piano. Susanna's husband was often out of town, and if I recall, he even spent some time in jail. And um, she was pretty busy trying to teach people about the Bible, even. Um, but she would have been a homeschooling mom, living in poverty. She even experienced a couple of house fires. Uh, in the middle of the daily chaos with children running around her face, she was known for just throwing her apron up over her head. And it was like a do not disturb sign for all the kids and all the people around her. Just 
I'm going to pray. I will listen to Jesus. You know, just God's in the whisper. But, but what, what about Instagram? We I need the light beaming through so that I can take a photo with my steaming coffee and my Bible in order to have time with Jesus nowadays. No, maybe we just need to throw the apron over our head and lean into the whisper. Come on. We need the whisper of Jesus in our life. We need to listen to the whisper because it's just not always going to be in the earthquake. God wants to talk to us in the middle of our chaos. And sometimes our chaos is a messy house with kids around our feet. It's not perfect. Sometimes it's in the middle of your workday and you close the door of your office and you say, Jesus, I need you. I don't know what to do with this situation. The bills are piling up. My business is booming. What do I do? I need you. He wants to talk to us. You ever wish you could be a little more spiritual? We don't have hours, but maybe we throw the apron over our head. God is in the gentle whisper. Adam, Abraham, Moses, Elijah. Who else in the Bible? Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, God sends the angel Gabriel. He tells her she's going to have a baby, not to be afraid. It's not gender specific. God just doesn't speak to men. He speaks to women. It's not just men. Okay, I got you. Some of you are skeptics. Me too. I didn't want to worry about, you know, some of you might be asking later. Well, it's not really God talking to her. That was the angel Gabriel. Well, it does say God sent the angel. But, okay. I've got you. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Abraham and Sarah. They're hanging out. God's speaking with Abraham. Okay, Abe, you're super old. You're 99. And, uh, you know, I know you've been wanting a baby with Sarah. Well, let's just make a note. He also talks to old people. So it's, you know, it's not just age-specific who God wants to talk to. He talks to men. He talks to women. He talks to young people. He talks to old people. Okay, Abraham, you're old. You're 99. I'm going to give you guys a baby. Promised you a miracle, and I keep my word. And thousands upon thousands of generations are going to come from your line. And Sarah laughs about it. And God's like, Abraham, why'd your, why'd your wife laugh? And Sarah says, I didn't laugh. Who, me? <laughs> and God says, yeah, you did. He talks to her. He talks to women. Oh, read that. <laughs> A female and an old female. Not gender specific, not age specific. You're not the wrong gender for God to speak to you. You're not the wrong age for God to speak to you. And you know what else? You're never too religious for God to speak to you. You don't know it all for God to speak to you. You can read about Paul in the Bible in Acts chapter 9. God spoke to him. He had all the credentials. He followed all the rules. He had a long list behind his name. And yet, Jesus speaks to him because God will change your thinking even if you think you know everything. He wants to speak to us. Don't get stuck. He wants you to move. He wants to move us closer.
to him. And when Jesus spoke to Paul, everything changes. He speaks to Paul and he says, his name was Saul. Saul, stop persecuting Christians. Stop what you're doing. Persecuting me. When Jesus spoke to Paul, a light flashed from heaven. He heard a voice. That's not usually how it happens for us these days. And so I think we get kind of nervous and scared when we hear someone say that God spoke to me. Because we haven't had flashing lights. And we haven't heard a loud voice ourselves. And so we wonder what's wrong with us because where were our lights and booming voice? And if we haven't had that, then maybe, maybe we're terrible people. I haven't had a booming voice and lights flashing, so that person must be super spiritual and holy, and I must be not. When people say, God said or God spoke to me, it's not that they're more special than the person beside them. Just look at the person beside you and say, you're not special. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Don't say that. In fact, especially after back to school and all of the crazy going on, maybe you have to look at the person beside you and just say, you're special. You are special. There's something special about you. You can do that, especially if you know them. If you're married, try it a little more often. You might like it. But I remember that feeling. I used to, you know, when people would share a Bible verse or say that God spoke to them, I would just think, like, how did they do that? Did they just, like, flip through the Bible and their finger got directed to a certain page and and it just worked out? It never worked well for me. Or did a number flash across their mind? No, it's not usually how it works. Usually if you memorize a Bible verse, God might bring it to your mind and remind you something that you hid away in your heart. You can encourage someone or encourage yourself. When people try to communicate that God spoke to them, it's not that everyone hears from God the same or that he speaks loudly to their ears. Often it's just something in their heart, in their spirit, that God has communicated. And people have just generally found some language to describe their relationship with a spiritual God, and it's personified. So we'll say God said or God spoke, but it's not always that there's lights and booming voices with your ears. It's what's happening in your heart. I remember as a young girl, I was lying in bed one night, and um, it was it was scary. I was, okay, before I was married, my last name was Fink. And um, so you can understand why hyphenating wasn't really an option for me. I felt like I got an upgrade from Amy Fink to Amy Hansen. And uh, I was fine with it. So to my family that's watching online, I, I do still all love you, but it was good. Amy Fink, Amy Hansen. I didn't usually have to repeat how to spell it. So here I am sleeping in my room as a young child in this deep voice from the heavens woke me up. Amy Fink. Amy Fink. I just laid there so scared. And it was one of two things. God was calling my name or someone was at the bottom of the stairs that wanted to steal me. 
And I didn't know what to do because um, I was terrified. And if I ran across the hallway to my parents, the man at the bottom of the stairs was definitely going to steal me. And so I just kind of screamed instead for my parents. And as it turned out, it was just my brother coughing. He had mononucleosis, and that was the voice. I wasn't very spiritual. Just, you know, in the Bible, it happened to Samuel. He was, like, running to the priest. Eli, is that you? And the priest said, Samuel, next time, just say, God, here am I. And I had my brother, not God, calling me. God speaks to young people, but not usually, Amy Fink. Okay. It was disappointing, but I had to learn to hear God in a different way. So, if we can remember, we have to expect to hear from God. He's been speaking to mankind all throughout the Bible, all ages, all genders. He wants to speak to you. And he's made a way for us to be in relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And so I can't wait until the very end of my message to tell you this. We have to start here. It's Jesus. You see, the whole point of the rest of what I want to say to you is based upon this one thing. The starting point of hearing from God is a relationship with Jesus. Jesus came. He walked upon the earth. He died a painful death on the cross. He took our sin, every sickness, every disease on his body so that we could be healed. He wants us to walk in freedom. He bore every pain you could ever imagine so that we could be free. And even if we don't experience these miracles on earth, we can experience them in heaven. Because on that third day, after he died, he rose again. And the Bible says in John chapter 3, Verse 16, he loved us so much, God, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It doesn't say that whoever reads their Bible and prays every day will have everlasting life. It doesn't say whoever has it all together, whoever figures it all out and does life just perfectly will have everlasting life says, whoever believes in him. And that, my friends, is the beginning of an amazing friendship relationship with God. Because when Jesus comes into our life, we allow him to be the one that mediates our relationship between us and God. And we have a friend relationship with God that the book of John talks about. John chapter 15, verse 15, in the Passion Translation says, I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. So if you haven't made a choice to follow Jesus, that's your starting point today. If you can't hear from God. If you're struggling... You know, if you want direction in your life, if you need to hear from God, you have to start with a relationship with Jesus. It's the first step. He wants to speak to you. Revelation 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, 
I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. The Bible always paints this relational picture. God wants relationship with us. You know, some of the best conversations happen over a meal, over coffee. God wants to talk to us. He wants to speak to us. It's the first step. You have to expect that God wants to speak to you. John, 20, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I know them and they follow me. If you've been to our farm, you know that we have sheep. I don't know why we do it. We have 16 of them. Apparently it's like some kind of character building in our children and maybe like character shaping in us, would you say? <laughs> yeah, 16 sheep. And um, I don't know, it's like grown a lot of gray hair in Travis's beard. Sheep are always getting out and we gotta teach the kids how to care for them. But two of those sheep were bottle lambs. One was Jana Holmquist as a birthday present and they moved, so it moved to our farm. And one was Anna Cousinies. These bottle lambs were diapered and slept with Jana. Annika slept with hers. And I mean, they're like babies. They needed bottles every three or four hours. But to this day, when Jana comes to the farm and when Annika goes out to the field, they call them by name and the sheep come running. Bailey! And here comes the sheep to Jana. Anytime. After all this time. Because they know the master's voice. It's incredible. God wants to speak to us like that. My sheep that are my own, hear my voice and listen. I know them and they follow me. He wants to speak to you. And you know what? God wants to speak to you even more than you want to hear from him. God wants to speak to you even more than you want to hear from him. Here's the second thing I want you to understand today. We need to believe that God has good things to say to you. You need to believe that. He has good things to say to you. You have to know that he loves you. A lot of people don't understand that God adores you, that he's cheering for you, that he believes in you. You know, I've got my two boys in high school. They're in grade 11 and grade 12, and they're awesome. I've been cheering and cheerleading for them their whole life especially in their sports. Right now it's football season and I love to cheer for them. It's so fun right now because they're on the same team and they get to play together and, and they get a lot of play time. They get to play both ways and defense and offense. It's so much fun. We bring, you know, sometimes we bring candy and licorice to give to the friends in the stands and posters with their numbers on and sometimes we dress in their colors or weird things and we're just crazy about them. We love to cheer for them and their friends, and I can't help but brag about them on my social media if you follow me. You know, this last Sunday, one of my kids, Jaken, he, he took a handoff, broke through two tackles, ran 90 yards. We weren't there to cheer for him. 90 yards is like almost as long as a whole football field. If I was there, I would have been standing up. My husband and I stand and cheer and clap, and I, I put out my two-finger whistle, and and we get so excited because we love cheering for them. We love it. And God is like that for you. You need to have a starting point of knowing he is your biggest fan. He loves you that much. I'm crazy about my boys. I was a, I was a crazy mom. 
I put my kids in Timbit soccer. It was ridiculous. We put them in skating. We paid for them to fall on their butts the whole time. It, my sister-in-law and I realized too late, what are we doing? They're too little, we paid money for this. They can't play hockey, let alone stand on skates. I paid, some of you did too, you know who you are. I paid money to bring a six-month-old to swimming lessons. Where were you millennials at the time? You drank pumpkin spice lattes with your friend and put your kids in daycare. Not us. Put on our swimsuits, jump in the pool, and sing Ring Around the Rosie with our six-month-old. <laughs> Come on. You, got, you have some things to teach us. We, we are crazy. <laughs> I cheer for them, but I want you to know What's so sad is so many people aren't starting from that position with their relationship with God. They don't know when it comes to hearing the voice of God that he has a father heart. Understanding that he loves you, that he's crazy about you. If you don't start at that point, you're going to find it really hard to hear from him. Can I tell you, if that's you, you need to get some help. You need to get some healing because you're never going to feel like you're enough when it comes to hearing from God. You're going to always feel like you're missing out, like you're being ripped off, like everybody else is better than you, that they got a bigger piece of the pie. By the way, I always tell my kids, you know, the only time you need to look in someone else's plate is to make sure that they have enough. Stop, stop thinking that they got more than you to start out knowing how much God loves you. If you want to hear from God, know that you're accepted and valued. He loved you so much. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. His voice is not the voice of condemnation and shame. His voice is going to be the voice that cheers you on, telling you you're loved, you can do it, you're enough. And when you fall short, he's going to remind you that everything you need can be found in Jesus. Don't get stuck. Don't be the person that doesn't move. You don't want to be the person that needs help? Then be the person that got help. Some of you don't want to hear God from God because you are convinced. You've convinced yourself that you know what he has to say. So you've convinced yourself that he wants to condemn you and beat you up, that he's mad at you. Convince yourself that you've been disqualified for the destiny that he's created for you. And if that's you, you need to read the Bible, get into the word, and hear the truth about what he thinks about you. That he loves you. Because I used to think that way. And then I began to read Romans. I'm going to read that for you today as the worship team comes up. Because we're going to sing one more song. But let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 38. I'm absolutely convinced. This changed my life. When I felt far from God and that I couldn't hear him. Why? Because I was convinced that he didn't like me, that he couldn't use me, that he, he thought I was no good, too broken, disqualified, full of shame and guilt, 
For I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Romans 8, chapter 1, sorry, chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. But the law was powerless to do. It was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son. It's a sin offering for man. Sometimes the way we can't hear from God is because we just don't believe he has good things to say to us. He wants to speak to you in the middle of your divorce, in the middle of your depression, your job change, your custody battle, your grief, your battle with addiction. You don't have to have it all figured out. Draw near. He's in the whisper. He's in the whisper. Psalm 55, verse 2, come close, whisper your answer, I really need you. Let's make that the cry of our heart. God, come close, I really need you. If you've ever been in that place, I just, I need you, God. I think that's what we need as we go into this next year. Just come close, God, I need you. You know, as we finish here, the last thing I just want to touch on is Another reason we can't hear from God is there's too much noise. Sometimes we need to shut off the noise. My kids used to go to sleep with a sound machine. It was glorious. When we slept with that sound machine, we couldn't hear outside noises. You know, just this constant white noise. But we have a lot of white noise in our life. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's other loud voices. Driving in the car with my kids, they'll say, can you turn up the music? No, you need to be quiet so you can hear the music. Sometimes we need to shut off the noise to hear from God. And so this morning, as we close, what noise do you need to shut off so that you can hear from God? He wants to whisper into our life so that we can hear from him. Sometimes the most clear voice I hear from God actually sounds an awful like, awful lot like her. And uh, I just want you to understand this morning. She she brought up sheep. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but sheep are very interesting. And it's also interesting that the Bible refers to us as sheep. And we can be offended by that. How dare God refer to us as livestock? But here's something that is very unique to sheep. And that is that when a lamb is born, its brain actually works this way. The way that you and I see with our eyes, animals often hear with their ears. And their ability to hear actually, it actually physiologically leaves an imprint in their neural pathways. So in the same way that you and I can study an image and remember it for the rest of our life, a sheep and some animals like them can hear a sound or hear a voice and it imprints in their memory the exact same way. 
dogs do it with their noses. I mean, there's lots of examples about this. But our biggest problem is this. As human beings, because our eyes are in the front of our head, we are convinced that everything worth believing must be seen. You know what the Bible says about seeing? It says we walk by faith, not by sight. You want to know what the Bible says about hearing? It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the problem many people have today is that they are convinced that what God's speaking them needs to look like. In other words, it's related to what they want to see more than what they want to hear. Guys, we need to be more like sheep. We need to let a voice change our thinking. Faith does not come by seeing. Seeing is not necessarily believing. You say, well, I don't think that's true. Let me prove how it's true to you. How about the wind? Can you see the wind? Jesus had this conversation with a man named Nicodemus. Can you see the wind? Well, yeah. No, you can see the dust, or you can see the mobile home. It's hurricane season with our friends down in the States right now. We hear from God. And if you want your faith to be built up this morning, would you just, in this moment, make a decision in your mind to hear him? rather than try to see him. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God, which is what we gathered here today to do. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know this morning it is such an easy thing for you to do. There's one way to him, and it's through Jesus. Now there's seven and a half billion ways to get to Jesus. But when it comes right down to it, the way to be one with the one who created you is to come through this door of Jesus Christ. And you can do that this morning by placing your faith in him, choosing to turn from sin, even if you don't know what sin is entirely. It comes with a choice to say, I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start living for and letting him live through me. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this last song. And Father in heaven, I pray for each person here right now, each person watching online, God, that you would help us to understand. Lord, make it click in our minds and our hearts today that hearing you is where it's at. And that once we learn your voice, we will begin to see the things that you're promising for us. But Lord, we accept the way we have to come to you. We accept the way you want to talk to us and deal with us. We just ask that you'd help us to be aligned today. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.